This is the You Winning Life Podcast, your number one source for mastering a positive existence. Each episode, we'll be interviewing exceptional people, giving you empowering insights, and guiding you to extraordinary outcomes. Learn from specialists in the worlds of integrative and natural wellness, spirituality, psychology, and entrepreneurship. So you too can be winning life. Now, here's your host, licensed marriage and family therapist, certified neuro-emotional technique practitioner, and certified entrepreneur coach, Jason Wasser. Today's guest is Jeff Lizowitz, who burns with a mission to inspire humans with a heartbeat and every flavor of creative to live their gifts and create meaningful lives of purpose, success, connection, and creativity. As an award-winning musician, producer, college song professor, critically acclaimed author, distributed filmmaker, and internationally in-demand coach for creatives, Jeff has devoted his life to creativity. At its best, creativity is a way for us to be seen, expressed, and connected, as he says. Within this philosophy as a guiding principle, he has helped empower countless people to tap deeply into their creative hearts to live richer, more fuller lives. His book, Not Effing Around, The No BS Guide for Getting Your Creative Dreams Off the Ground, is Jeff's first book. All right, everybody, welcome back. Yet another episode of the You Winning Life podcast. And uh, we're going to get into the no bullshit of getting your creative dreams (laughs) off the ground. What's keeping you limited? What's keeping you stuck? Decision making, success, courage, all the cool stuff that I'm so excited to be talking about with you, Jeff. So thanks for hanging out with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So right off the bat, like when did you absolutely know that this was your purpose, your mission, your calling? I want to start with that. And then we're going to go from there into like what the heck you do with all of your purpose, your mission, <laughs> and your calling. Exactly. Um, I think it has been any, I don't think there was a specific moment. I think it has always been and probably always will be an evolving concept. Right. When I was a little kid, I I was certainly very creative and I was always very into like sort of being a cheerleader type. Right. But I had no idea, you know, that was, you know, going to lead me to where it's led me to. And over the years, you know, I've done music and screenwriting and film and writing and photography and all this kind of stuff. So that comes in and then teaching comes in. I teach songwriting at a college, you know, the music career, you know, so all the creative stuff happens. And then I got into NLP, Mm -hmm. neuro-linguistic repatterning, because that I had an experience with that when I was young that sort of saved my life as far as I can tell. Um, And it just kind of evolved. So I practiced that for a while. And then I kind of got into this coaching and now I'm getting into speaking gigs. You know, it's just like, you just, you just keep driving. You yeah. Know? It sounds like it's, everything is an amplification of the previous thing before. And there's momentum with that. And that's something I talk a lot about uh, with my clients is that we have momentum in either one way or another. The momentum either is either pulling you away from who you can be and your purpose and your mission, your core values, or you're amplifying that based on a set of, I know what I'm here to accomplish and here are the, the, the guidelines, right? Core values that are going to say yes or no along that decision-making. Exactly. And beautifully put uh, and concisely put it, that is true. We are always stepping forward, whether we like it or not, and that's called life. Yeah. And then the question is, what are you going to go to the light or the dark, you know? 
Yeah. Well, how does someone sift and sort through that, right? I know one of the things that I'm having with one of my clients, as you and I were talking about, something you were working on with one of your clients is, right, they have a belief, whether it's uh, actually theirs, they have a story, right? And we know that beliefs come from stories um, and values that maybe are put upon us, culture, family, religion, gender, hierarchy stuff, all that stuff. And, and they're really struggling with what they thought they were supposed to be doing in their life in a very specific, very niche way. And they're finding out that after 10 years, it's just not happening for them. And they're really struggling with that. And it comes with a lot of pain and there's actually a lot of depression involved. Sure. So what would be some, let's, if we unpackage that, like what would be some of the, the, the differentiation in order one, not to get stuck there in the first place, but if someone is stuck there, like I thought that this was what it was going to be. Right. Well, first of all, I think most people have all kinds of concepts, you know, when they're young, whether they're conscious of it or not, here's what life should be. I'm going to do this and make this money and marry this person and, you know, all these things. And, you know, as we live life, we find out, hmm, maybe some of this went down. <laughs> right. Some, <laughs> right. Some of it. Some, but probably most of it doesn't. And that's okay, right? I think the trick is understanding that holding on to ideas about what the way things should be, again, based on what you said, um, beliefs and stories based on culture, family, marketing techniques, media, all that kind of stuff is only going to cause you pain, right? So what can we do? We can center ourselves, uh, know our values like that. As you said, that's extremely important. You have to know who you are, like what's really driving your thing, right? And then take a look at your world. What are your skills? What do you want to do, right? And maybe it wasn't the thing before. I mean, for me personally, like ever since I turned on to music as a little kid, I wanted to be a rock star, yeah. full on. You know, you know, I was 15 years old and the parents were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, rock star, duh. Right. And I tried really, really hard. And I had some, you know, successes and all this winning awards and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I did not make it anywhere near where I was shooting for. And in my 30s, I had to take a look at this and be like, it's, I have to let this go because it's too much struggle and too much pain. And it's not working. And that was a death and, and it was very painful. I mean, it was, it was very painful. And then it opened me up to like, wow, songwriting teacher never considered that. Wow. I love this. I get to hang out with 20 year olds and help them rock. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we just have to, sort of be open to the flow of life. Well, I think that's it. We become so myopic in how and what should be that we no longer sift and sort through all of the possibilities that could. And that's where I think the pain and the suffering comes from, right? And and we create that, which you know, and, and we create that based on those beliefs, assumptions, expectations. And one of my jobs, one of your job, right, as, as a coach is, is to help us, you know, tease that apart of all of the infinite possibilities that could be there if we didn't like just firmly hold that tight white knuckle grip on things. Right. And, and, and it's hard because 
you right NLP right all the other neurological side of things is that we actually get conditioned our brain actually forms pathways that are becoming right the grooves in a record that right. the needle will never never jump out of that so so tying into unprogramming deprogramming and reprogramming or right dis, what is it fire the 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 path, pathways that wire together fire together but if we want to change that what would be some of the uh, exercises or some of the thought processes that you would challenge someone you're working with to to start changing that whether it's through sure. NLP whether it's some of the other sure. uh, thought processes so the biggest thing in in my experience is really quite simple yet also difficult and that is consciousness mm -hmm. expanding consciousness so a way to do that is through meditation like a meditation practice it's not gonna you know change your world if you do it once for five minutes just like going to the gym and you know get you on don't the get table. abs the first time you go to the gym no, or the 10th or the 20th yeah. right <laughs> exactly but if you do a regular practice of this stuff you're going to start to notice that your your consciousness changes and opens to different kinds of possibilities. So that's one. So I recommend to everyone meditate in any way you can mm -hmm. and, you know, just research that there's a million ways you can do it. Right. Oh, I'd also suggest in there binaural beats, right? Yeah. Love that stuff. And there's free apps, binaural beats for your listeners. If they don't know, it's a, it's a sonic technology that helps your brain brain frequency tune to more optimal states yeah why people aren't doing this why everyone on earth is not doing this every day i have no idea right and it doesn't take long right exactly and you can do it while you're working you can do it while you're walking you can do it all day while you're doing your dishes um so okay so meditation is one another thing um possibly the best thing i learned in college free rapping okay free writing so this is taking at least 10 minutes at a time okay to write but there's rules okay and i'm not exactly a big fan of rules in general but there are actually guidelines rules guidelines. guidelines thank okay. you so suggestions once you, suggestions thanks <laughs> so once you start you must continue without stopping for at least 10 minutes okay, okay? that's the one Next thing is spelling doesn't count, grammar doesn't count, syntax doesn't count, none of that. So just keep writing. Okay, but here's the big one. You may not finish a thought or a sentence. What? Yeah. You're crazy, man. Okay. <laughs> so when you notice that you're getting towards a thought, you have to jump. You can use a word, an opposite of a word. You can do stream of consciousness. You can do synonyms. You can do anything you want except finish a thought. So what is gonna happen when you do this? And by the way, let me just give you a, a verbal on this. Yeah. So I'm hitting here with Jason and the bacon comes around, sound on sound, things go backwards, inside out, right? It's kind of moves forward, doesn't really make any sense. And it doesn't have to have relevancy. No, but there is right. relevancy. Or there is, right, of course. Right. right? Right, but not logical relevancy. So mm -hmm. here's what here's what's going to happen for most people. You start to do this, and your sort of inner critic is going to immediately show up. I'm yeah. doing it wrong. This the is judger. stupid. 
that guy, the judger, that guy on the podcast is nuts. Punisher. <laughs> exactly. So there's going to be that resistance. And that is going to happen again, probably the first time and maybe 10 times in a row. But eventually what's going to happen is your inner critic which is, you know, sort of your ego and, you know, that kind of part of you that judges is going to let go, is going to give up, okay? Because you're just kind of overpowered. And what happens then is your subconscious starts to stream into your conscious through your words, okay? And again, it might not necessarily make a whole lot of sense, but this is a different kind of flow. It's a different kind of energy through your system and you may be very surprised at what starts to pop into those words then they may give you ideas or um you know sort of hints on ways to think mm. in the future when you're done with the exercise that sounds like insight hey call it insight <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah we want to get right we want to get yeah, uh, yeah. we want to get spiritual about it yeah why not yeah, yeah. why not so yeah, that is um, that is something that I learned in college, and I I have done it nearly every weekday, first thing in the morning, you know, before work. Mm -hmm. Since college, you know, it's been a while. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, what would you say to someone who's like, I don't have time for that. I have my routine, and I or I don't have my routine. I just have all these other things that are chaos in my life, I have to do this and I got to make breakfast or I got to make my coffee and I got to get to work and, or I got to go sit down now. Like, right. I'm, I'm working from home and doing everything via zoom. Um, right. Would that, that they're just loaded with excuses or loaded for, with justifications for why they can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, that is the first thing that they should look at. What, what are these excuses? I mean, are these excuses worth, stopping you from moving forward from rearranging from diminishing that chaos i mean it makes me think of a, um a, a stat that i i learned about massage therapy hmm. okay and it said something i don't get these numbers wrong but doing a one-hour massage once a week yeah. well takes an hour out of your day right oh my gosh an hour what right but will increase your productivity, well-being, cognition, all the stuff by like a lot over a long time. Yeah. Essentially, one hour kind of primes not doing it. Primes prim the pump. Right. It primes the pump. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say to the person who doesn't have time for this, well, first of all, I I call it bullshit. Everybody has time for five minutes or ten minutes a day. Right. If you don't, if you really, really don't, something, you know, you really got to change. Yeah. So is that like kind of prioritizing at the at the simplest level of, you know, I, I take an accountability with my clients and I created a worksheet for this where I put it into five different categories and it's what they are doing without consciousness day in and day out that that are their obligations or routines literally down to cutting their nails and going to the bathroom. 
everything they do on a daily slash weekly over and over taking out the garbage if right uh, right, right washing the dishes and then i have them put a time frame approximation next to each activity right and at the beginning you see because there's all these things that are involved in our life that like literally you only have 24 hours and if you want to sleep six to eight hours a day then you might actually not get to stuff that you keep pushing off and pushing off and pushing off and then I start asking one, like, what are the things that you can delegate out? What are the things that you have chosen to, I have to do, right? You want to, you're, you're the bearer of the kernel secret recipe and you can't dare give that up. And, and what are the things that somehow slipped into that schedule? You're like, well, how did that get here? Why do I need to, you know, why do I, I did 45 minutes of, yeah. 45 minutes of Facebook, right? <laughs> right. And, and right. And to be truly honest about like, well, no, I only do it a minute here and a minute there, but that minute here, minute there, 32 times a day. Is that, exactly. is that free half hour to go journal or meditate or walk or work out or cook sure. a nutritionist meal or whatever it may be. So I think right that shift of what, you know, being really truly mindful about what you were saying is there. And then also realizing more along the lines of, what we've let in, what culture has, you know, our society has told us what we need to let in. Right. I mean, culture and society and family and all these things we've talked yeah. about does a really good job brainwashing us away from our true paths yeah. in many cases. Yeah. So watch out. So, so this idea of, of not effing around, let's, let's break that down a little bit more. Cause that's the name of your book, right? The not effing around the no, the no bullshit guide for getting your creative dreams off the ground. Let's, let's break down yes. some of those concepts there. Right. So not effing around. What is it? Well, it's, um, you know, it's a way to live life that is essentially tuned to your values. Understanding things that keep us back like comfort zone and uh, inner critic and fear and failure those kinds of things yeah. are there for reasons but they need to be and they need to be respected in ways but they also need to be you know kind of put in their place like you don't need to live based on those things um and i was just kind of looking through the book here because i've got a pretty good definition i wanted to hit you at not effing around is the passion, the power, the bang, bang, bang that drives us to take real action to manifest a life worth living. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can life, imagine how many people out there are listening to that. Like, well, what does that really mean? What does that look like for me? I thought I'm living the life that's worth living. I thought I'm getting right. Right. It's, it becomes binary. I'm either getting what I want and I just want to continue doing that or like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I have to think, I actually have to think about, do I really do want to be in this job that I've been in 15 years? Sure. Like, so I have, to, I have to get off autopilot. Yeah, that's the first thing. Get off autopilot. A life worth living can, can be complete and is completely different for every different person. Cause we're all different. Right. And you know, one of the things you mentioned there is getting what I want. Am I getting what I want? I wouldn't say that getting what you want is completely equates a life worth living. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's what, right. We sure we all want to get what we want. That's 
why we want it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? But a life worth living might mean failing on the way to a life worth living, Yeah, you know, towards your goal. Right. And you have the belief about failing fast. Sure do. Uh, failing fast. So failure scares the crap out of people. Nobody likes it, right? Mm -hmm. Failure. Ah, right. But there's ways to look at this that make it much more palatable and really helpful. Okay. So the first thing is failure is success in progress. Okay. I've interviewed zillions of creatives, business types, all, all kinds. Hey, what do you think about failure? Oh, fucking sucks. And it's my best friend that's gotten me to the goal line. Yeah. Right. It's a so duality. Of, it's a duality. And really, it's like you were talking about before, which way are you going to look at it? Mm -hmm. Right. Is this, you know, the beast that clobbers me and keeps me down or, or is this, you know, a way to success? So the way I like to think about it is changing the word from failure to feedback. Okay. So you have your goal, you do whatever you do to move towards it. And then failure, you didn't make it the whole way. Okay, stop. Let's change the word to feedback. Remember that failure is, you know, the way to success. And this is where you question everything about, about the goal itself, mm -hmm. what you did, what you didn't do, what worked, what didn't work. Like ask the best questions you can come up with write them down, discuss it with people who know or care, right? Then you take a breath, you iterate your process or whatever you're doing, and you step forward towards your goal again. Guess what's going to happen? Chances are in ways you're going to get more feedback, right? It's very seldom in life and for any of us that we hit a grand slam home run, yeah. let alone every time. Like it just doesn't happen. Well, that makes sense. Going back to that situation I was describing before where they have a very specific myopic, like, you know, through the microscope perspective of everything. And, mm -hmm. and I asked him, so if you did get that, if that goal happened, then what, what's, what's, what's the day afterwards look like? Right. So you reach it, right? The thing that you've been setting out on for the last 10 years that you thought you had to do and you had to be, and that thing came true what's four days after that look like and the, and there was no there was no answer it was legitimate silence because everything is so tied up in that one specific outcome that you can't see all of the different ways and in fact right it's like you were, i want to add to what you were saying because i think what you said is so powerful is whatever they're putting that meaning to that they're asking questions about i would also want to know what's their belief about that thing right what does that represent who right. is that representative to in addition to them what does that say about them if they do it or, or they are that what does it say about them if they don't do it or they aren't that yes and then we so, can start teasing apart so many layers there i love that and that brings me to a thought of this book i read years ago that mm. blew my freaking brain out it is called finite and infinite games Ooh. Okay, it's a philosophy. It was written by a philosophy instructor at uh, NYU called James Carse. 
and it gets very heady with this book, but some of these ideas are so good. So here, so here's really the beginning of the book. It says there's two kinds of games, finite games and infinite games. A finite game is played to win. An infinite game is played to play. Right. So if you chew on that for a minute, you're like, whoa. Yeah. And I think I got a hit on that because I see that people are so stuck in emotions or stuck in the, the, the patterns or so stuck in a story that it's infinite and they can't get out of the loop. And the finite game is there is a very crystal clear, tangible, tactical action step parameter oriented. And it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, as a therapist, sometimes I have to go very far away from the realm of emotions and the realm of psychology and go very much into the nitty gritty action steps. And that's where we get stuck. It's not the flooding or the right, the beliefs and the meanings and the dreams. It's, right. it's actually what you're doing. The simplicity right. of that. Right. So it's interesting to me with that idea to think about what, what are the games that we're playing and are they finite or infinite and which one is most helpful? So paying the rent is a finite game. You mm -hmm. either pay it or you don't. And that's a game you want to win. Ones and right? zeros, binary. <laughs> binary, exactly. Right. But um, having a loving relationship is an infinite game, right? There is always more possibility there. There's always things to do. And same thing with your career, right? You, the finite game could be, I got a promotion. Okay, you got the promotion. That's finite. It's yes or no, you got it. Okay. But like you said, then what? Right? It's way more interesting, at least in my experience, to be like, so what's the bigger picture? Where can this go? What are the possibilities here? Whether it's in work or relationships or health and well-being or you know just general enlightenment all these kinds of things so paying attention to which game you're playing and why and it might also make sense that sometimes they need to be put into a different category than they've been in it might need exactly. to shift from finite to infinite and infinite to finite absolutely and and knowing this and understanding this and again being conscious of this can radically change your relationship to the game, mm. right? If you're if you're playing to win, it's very different than playing to play, right? Because what is play? Play is like play the game, but it's also like play like a kid plays. You yeah. just play. Yeah. Well, I see it in, in private practice, right? For so many people in the healthcare profession, that there's a playing to play because if I'm not serving, if I'm not giving back, then right. Yes. It helps out making a salary. It helps that I have a contract or that my business can grow, but it's, but I do see it that where people are getting stuck, especially when I'm, when I'm working with them is that there's no end result to it. It's just keep doing it until they die. Sure. So there's no end result to it so so a finite game has an end result you know mm -hmm. maybe it's i want to make this much money or i want to serve this many people or you know those kinds of things yeah. then you can at least put a parameter around that right if what you're saying you know kind of what i heard when you said that was i just kind of do it until i die 
well, that doesn't, I mean, that sounds like, well, do you want to do it until you die? Or are you just doing it until you die because you got nothing else to do or you're not even thinking And that's thinking what we've about. been conditioned to do, that, right? You right. go to school, you get your degree, or you get a job, or you get a career, and, and whatever it is, whatever way that ends up. And then you just literally do it until hopefully you have enough to retire and save, and you then can finally be free at that point. And, and I'm finding more and more, and that's where this entrepreneurship lens comes into this this podcast, where it's the psychology and the alternative medicine and, 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 and spiritual insights and entrepreneurship together is it's looking at it through a very different lens. That's something that I've woken up to over the last many years. Like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm of course I'm going to be like 75 years old and still practicing and seeing a caseload of clients. I don't, right. But I'm starting it from my 20, right. When I was 20 and 30, I was looking at that end result because it was infinite. What do you, what do you mean? I'm not going to want to see clients. How, how dare, how dare I think that way that I wouldn't want to be, you know, and, and those things are allowed to evolve without the guilt, the shame of having newer goals, having different goals, having things that have nothing to do with what you think you're doing right now has to be what you're doing for the rest of your life without devaluing that what you're doing or devaluing yourself. Absolutely. I mean, we change as people, right? So our goals and our games certainly can change. You know, if, if you're thinking the way you are as a 40 something year old, of, of what you thought about when you were 15, you got a problem, mm. <laughs> right? right? It's different goals. It's different games you're playing, yeah. right? So we need to, we need to just be conscious of that and, you know, be fluid with our lives and our perceptions of what's going on. Yeah. So as you're evolving, right. And you've written a book and you're coaching what's, what's coming up next that you're starting to have fun thinking about for yourself yeah um well i am i just over the past six months a friend of mine has started to get into public speaking you know she wants to go around and do public speaking talk about something she's passionate about all this i'm like oh you know that'd be kind of cool i you know i, I could see myself doing that I, i've got stuff to say whatever so i've been thinking about it but not doing anything about it except one thing and that is what I call the magic factory. Okay, wait, what? So the magic factory is my practice that I do in the morning, right around the time uh, when I do the free writing, where it's, it's like law of attraction type stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, where I just crank up the emotional experience of where I want to go in my life. What would it feel like to X, Y, Z? So one of the things I've been putting in there is what would it be like to have real impact over a crowd while, you know, speaking to whoever, right? Whoever needs to hear it and just kind of just do that daily, daily, daily. Okay. I had not written a word on this speech and I get a call a couple of weeks ago from this writing conference that I um, did something, did a small class with like four or five years ago. And they're like, uh, our theme is, you know, writers and life coaching. You know, do you want to give us a, a keynote? I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course, well, of course. <laughs> of course they so called. Yeah. Of course they called. So, you know, now I got to write a speech, which is awesome because, you know, if you need a kick in the ass, get a gig that you got to show up for. Sure. Well, right? I think that's that. That's the Kickstarter campaign mindset. It's like, well, if you have a great idea, put it out there into the world, see who buys into it. It's A/B testing. 
Mm-hmm. Will this go? Will this sell? And, and and if it does, great. Then go create it that way. When you have the, you already have you know the people that have bought into it and have maybe even given you money to go do it, as opposed to having to do it all by yourself. And you exactly. might even get uh, meaningful partners in yes. that process. You reminded me of many years ago. I um, when I opened up my first office uh, by myself after I left a group practice, and for whatever reason, there was a time frame where I wasn't getting any new client calls. Uh, whether it was who know, right? Whatever the reason was. So I did exactly what you did. I was sitting on my desk had my computer up and I saw my schedule, which had all the white spaces being envisioning, turning them to blocked out, whatever the color was in the system that was blocked. Right. That was the tentative to them actually sending in all the intake paperwork and the consent forms and all that stuff to then that becoming blue as if they're confirmed scheduled. Nice within so let's say I did that during lunch I would say within two to three hours in the middle of the session and I remember I had an answering machine there and I would always have to like every day I would have to reset it to make sure I don't know what was with that answering machine I would have to reset it with the volume (laughs) button to always hit it down because sometimes during the middle of session you would hear like hi I'm calling about therapy and like the client in session would hear that whole person's spiel Um, but I remember hearing it that afternoon hi I'm calling about to schedule a new session. I'm like, wow, that, that worked. So the next day I was doing supervision with my interns who were getting licensed. And I was telling them that story of what happened the afternoon before. And as I was telling them that story, I'm sure you know what happened. Phone rang again, literally in the middle of retelling that story with a new client. So as woo woo as that sounds. Bring on the woo. Bring on the woo. So yes, and one thing that I would, I I love that story, of course. And one thing I I wanna stress to the listeners is the woo works and you gotta do something. Like you didn't just say this, I mean, you went to school for this stuff, you set up the practice, you had a website, all the stuff. stuff. And then the energy kind of connected the dots. I had to drop the resistance about why not, why isn't it happening versus it's going to, it's in escrow. It's all that, right? The law of attraction words that Esther Hicks talks about, right? It's in escrow waiting out that you just have to align with it, right? Which is so, and I used to like, it's so funny when I first started listening to the law of attraction stuff years ago. Um, and I probably listened to a good 10, 15 hours and I'm like, eh, okay, cool. And then I came back to it about a year later and then I like deep dive. And then, right. I had a, I had a, I had to warm up the vessel. Yeah, totally. Bit, right. And it wasn't like I was still in resistance. I was still in like, all right, this is really out there. This is like, I get it from the neurology perspective. I've seen uh, what the bleep, which is an incredible documentary. Sure. Um, and two of my mentors from my neuroemotional technique world, Dr. Monty and Dr. Newberg were both featured in, and uh, in, in, at least in the book, I can't remember which version of the documentaries they're in interviewed in as well. Um, but it took my, right. I had to prime the pump and mm-hmm. that priming the pump doesn't necessarily like, you know, you might have those few tries. You might have the failed, so right where we were talking about before, the failed attempts, and they're not. They were just loosening up the neurology. They were just creating and, enough wiggle room. And I would also suggest that just like the stuff we talked about before with the speed speed wrapping and going to the gym and the infinite games, it's a practice, right? It's not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this once. I'm going to do law of attraction tonight and yeah. you know whatever but it's not a thing that you just like uh, yeah right you just need to keep doing it and the more you do it the more energy just like the stronger you get when you work out yeah 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's give some shout outs to some of your stuff so people can find you. Right. So we have the not effing around the no bullshit guide. It's funny. We're, we're not right. No fucking around, but it's all, you know, whatever. Uh, the no bullshit guide for getting right. How, why am I saying bullshit, but not the effing word? Right. But it's <laughs> <laughs> so right. The not, not effing around the no BS guide for getting your creative dreams off the ground. And they can find that, I'm assuming, wherever they want to. It's, it's out there, you know, our friends at Amazon will send it to you or whatever. So yes, yeah, so that's the book. And then, you know, the coaching, I, I coach, you know, specifically what I call creatives of ever, any flavor, you know, musicians, filmmakers, writers, dancers, whatever, um, and heart-centered humans. You know, if you know you've got a heartbeat and that's kind of moving you forward in the world, that's the thing. So you can go and check out my thing and, uh, and do uh you know complimentary sessions with people to get see if it's a good fit awesome jeff i want to thank you so much and everybody if you've been listening you got any benefit out of this obviously you know check out jeff's social media which we'll put links in all of the show notes uh go on by amazon buy the book give it as a gift to someone else i'm sure anybody you know going through the chapters such really cool titles of the chapters and just some of the insights that you shared today you take a deeper dive in the book and obviously, if you're, you know, if you're that creative in that that space and you're looking to, to kick it up a little bit more, then uh, please reach out. So, Jeff, again, thank awesome. you so much. Thank you. It was a great podcast, man. You're a great, uh, great interview. Great conversation. Appreciate that so much. Thanks for listening to the You Winning Life podcast. If you are ready to minimize your personal and professional struggles and maximize your potential, we would love it if you subscribed so you don't miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at You Winning Life.